0: episode of inside the recording studio i am jody whitesides and with me as always is mr chris hellstrom how are you today chris
1: doing good jody nice vibrato there Yeehaw. i like it yeah baby <laughs>
0: yeah. ever energetic what's up in your world oh i just came back from playing some pickleball so that's why i'm feeling energetic i'm feeling boosted what about nice. you nice
1: i am sitting here getting filled up with coffee so i'm kind of feeling boosted as well nice. so i'm good so we're right? both bursting at the seams, which means we're talking about what—the ever exciting topic <laughs> of plug yes. management, yeah. right? Both of us are kind of anal retentive, in a sense. When it comes yes. to, to, I think you're a little stuff. more
0: than me on that. And it comes to like actual system stuff. Maybe I'm more anal retentive on the music side.
1: I don't know you. If we were to dig deep into like plugin settings, menus, and stuff, <laughs> you know, I, I think you're the, the reigning champ on that. But yeah. I, I concede I, I tend to be pretty uh, anal retentive. Besides being anal retentive, I think there's some very valid points for actually managing your plugin list and, and your folders. So sure. we're going to go through a few of those today. So, why would you manage f- your plugin folder? I really like to keep things lean and mean, as it were. Mm-hmm. I don't like to have extensive menus that I dive into for just pulling up the, the plugin that I'm looking for. That might look really impressive to people if you're doing like YouTube videos and show that you have, <laughs> you know, 8 million plugins. I don't think it's practical. I like to find what I need that mm-hmm. I'm looking for quickly. So I don't like endless menus of stuff. doesn't mean I still don't have them, but I like to keep it as as lean and mean as it right. were. What about
0: you? What's
1: your reasoning for it?
0: Same, 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 same. Right. I like to keep it to the things that I like to use and use most often. Mm-hmm. It makes things easier to find, which makes things faster in
1: terms of a workflow. Totally. To a lesser degree, also, it's... Less these days because storage is cheap, you know, cheap, right? But but yeah, I mean, it does add up. I was shocked to realize I just had a look, and I don't use any DAWs. They use VSTs mm-hmm. I, because I'm, I'm a logic guy and I use Pro Tools. So mm-hmm. I have AUs and AAX. Right. I th- Those are the plugin formats. There are some manufacturers that don't allow you to. Choose what type of plugin that you want to install. So, I end up with a whole bunch of VSTs on my system. Just looking at it right now, I had six gigs of what plugins. Yeah, I was shocked. I was the same way. I'm like, wait, no, that can't be right. I don't install any of this. But yeah, six gigs. Yeah, of you told me that, and so plugins. I went
0: and looked at mine. <laughs> right. And I never select the ability to install a VST or an AAX. I only select AU. Right. I have five and a half gigs of VST, VST3s combined in space being chewed up on my drive, so to speak. That's that's with me choosing in the installer, don't install this.
1: Right. And it's 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 still getting installed,
0: which is frustrating and angering that you even get that choice, so to speak, in an installer,
1: and then they still install it even if you tell them not to. But are you sure that those are plugins that are from that sort of methodology? Because before we started today, you brought up a point that another colleague had brought up that to run the AU for some installers, they actually need the VSD present for whatever wrapping reasons, right? I don't know why that is, but I'm assuming it's a coding thing. It could be. it just makes it, you know, breaks it But at it the down same time,
0: to, don't give the end user the choice not to install something and then install it. That's pretty mind-numbingly angering.
1: Yeah, I can't verify that that's the way it's happened to me. But if it is, that, that's kind of...
0: So it's one of the ways here that you're uh, talking about lean and mean. How do you do that?
1: Well, the first thing I tend to do with... Some regularity, I suppose, depends on how busy I am. When I start noticing that my plugin list is growing mm-hmm. and it's getting longer, and especially if I find myself seeing like manufacturers' names, like, "Wait, what's this? <laughs> like, when <laughs> Who did doesn't... I install it?" Right, and it's usually like old demos and things that you get and freebies and stuff that you imagine yourself using all the time. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I go yank them out of said plugin folder, yeah, right? Done in the system files and just get rid of them.
0: I literally did that yesterday with a plugin. Good I've for been you. i demoing a plugin and it started throwing up the, your demo time has expired. Shit, I've already used it in a couple of sessions, but I'm not yet ready to purchase said plugin. So goodbye plugin. <laughs> so I don't keep right. getting that message.
1: Yeah, that's something that every once in a while I get as well when you boot logic and say, like, hey, by the way, you got two more days of this plug-in in the trial version or whatever so right. and if it's something obviously that I'm considering for a purchase that's the time to pull out the credit card right to an extent but if it's just a demo that you're trying something new and esoteric and you want to see how that works if it's going to fit your workflow or whatever chances are it's going to end up not being used so get rid of that bad boy. Mm-hmm. In Logic, I don't, know, I don't know if that's something that you delete right away, or if you just go into the plugin manager and take out the AU validation for that so it doesn't show up.
0: Right, no, I delete it, it's gone. Yeah,
1: right. I do that too, but I have, in time I've seen, okay, well, I don't want this on my list. I might not be ready to get rid of it right away, especially if it's a plugin that I own, that i bought and paid mm-hmm. for, right? Yeah. So I just kind of get out of my list that way. Generally, it has to go. Can you see any drawbacks for doing this, maybe being like a little too aggressive of getting rid of plugins that you don't use?
0: Yes and no. Sometimes you do it on purpose. Other times, it's not done on purpose. Case in point, I just contacted you earlier this week for <laughs> a plugin that yes. is not currently installed on my system. I haven't used it in a while which is the reason why, because there was an update to that. And even the update to that plugin, I think, is no longer forward compatible, is a good way of saying. So backwards compatibility is a big issue. And when you have to reinvent your system because something goes majorly wrong and you install everything new, some things that you're not currently using suddenly get lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you have to find somebody that has it. (laughs) that you're friends with, send them the session, can you go export this please kind of thing and hopefully get the export of the sound that you had because you don't have the plugin installed and for some reason either you can install it or iLock no longer can see it for God knows what reason for other issues that go on. So possible drawback is backward compatibility.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. I had a very, very similar issue with Instruments and plugins from said manufacturer when I migrated to a new system. Right. Where it was one well, of just things to be clear,
0: that, I yeah. had the installer for it. I yep. could reinstall the actual plugin, it could see it. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't come out of demo mode because the authorization wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is another the, company's problem, not the company that did it. So there's mm-hmm. a whole other issue. In, in this there.
1: case, I'm not sure because let, let's say that this company that we're talking about they would allow you to authorize it in two ways, yes. either with a serial to your machine or with iLock. Yep. My preferred is generally Eye-lock. always iLock because it's And it sold. should
0: always be seen on the iLock, but it's not seeing the iLock authorization that I have. And this is getting into a whole other ball of wax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, But 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 the backwards compatibility, yeah. I mean, it, it makes a good case for when you're doing this, and both you and I are proponents of this. When you're done with composing and you're going into the mixing stage or at least when you're done with the mix print your instruments and things yeah. and especially if it even if it's just an effect right if it's integral to that part mm-hmm. you know go ahead and print it and you won't have to worry about it because that that is super frustrating i've had to do that with some library tracks and it's like no can't open this anymore and it's like oh fuck What do I do now? Yeah, the primary reason
0: for a whole other episode, we'll talk about upgrading from one platform to another, which will be coming up later this year, specifically for me. And I will be returning the current platform that I have to a much earlier version of the OS where I can go back to open old sessions with old versions of plugins and not have to populate the new system with old plugins, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I came up, cross a limitation that I won't bring up now, but I will do it in our Friday finds where Mm -hmm. that actually became an issue for me for the first time in a long time. But there we go.
0: All right. So now if we are talking about cleaning up your plugin folder and getting rid of things that either you don't use anymore or the demos have run out and you don't want to purchase the plugin or continue using it, what's a really anal retentive thing to do?
1: Well, besides getting rid of the the plugin itself, right? In Mm -hmm. You know, the the component or the VST or whatever format you're using is to get rid of excess like preference files if they do that or presets, that type of a thing. Often, you know, when I'm going through my system, and I'm actually one of those guys that actually do that annually, attempt to do that when it's like, okay, most people make. New Year's resolutions, I go through my system and delete stuff. That's my burden to bear, but (laughs) (laughs) going through, like, your documents folder and things. Mm -hmm. Now, we're talking, at least I am talking about very sort of Mac-centric things now. So if you're on the Windows side, I'm I'm sorry. It's a
0: little different. might be more difficult, actually.
1: Well, it would be for me, but probably for somebody on that side, probably not. But anyway, I go through and preset files and things. Now, I'll find a folder where insert plugin name here, right? And it says presets. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't used that in mm-hmm. three years, right? <laughs> and just get rid of all those little things that just don't need to be there. Right. For me, it's not a, really a matter of taking up space on the drive as far as like memory. It's not like it's going to be six gigs of stuff, but it just makes me feel better of, of not having any remnants there because I mean, no return and <laughs> I, I like it lean and mean, right? But, right? but what about you? Do you have other thoughts that you do with that as well or you do the same thing? I do
0: something similar. I usually do it a little more often than annually. I try to do it about every six months, right around the New Year's portion and right around coming up in a couple of weeks kind of thing. God damn, uh, <laughs> It's a problem, right? Yeah. I do go in and try to find the presets, the extensions, all the nooks and crannies where they try to put things that live for the plugins, including their uninstallers. Usually you use the uninstaller first and then see whatever remnants are left over to try and remove that.
1: Yeah. So, Do you just yeah. do like a finder search for that to find errant files or do you go searching for it? I usually go searching for it and looking for
0: the culprits in various areas. And so far, there's one company whose culprit issues that I've tried to deal with with the thing of getting a authorization to show in iLock. I could download the extension, but I couldn't install the extension.
1: You don't know where to well, no. place it.
0: Yeah. Well, the installer wouldn't install the extension because it won't work in this current OS. But if I already had the mm. extension, which I know I do have in a backup... If I knew where it was, I could drag it off the backup and put it in a new location and my authorization would probably work just fine. Even though the iLock shows that it's there, the plugin can't see it because the extension's missing, which is really yeah. stupid. <laughs> it's right, just, and, that, and that's probably And that's uh, an iLock thing and they probably do that on purpose so that you have no idea where to go to go around whatever copy production that they have in order to use the plugin. And it's a Disadvantage to those of us that pay for everything. It's unfortunate, which is why I will eventually revert this machine back to a previous OS before all of this stuff that is like a giant gap in the situation, so to speak, where I can open older things that still have all of those plugins that I'm now having trouble with. And for particular tracks where I may not have printed it just because of a time factor or whatever, because I generally do the same thing. I print everything, but there was a few things that I did not print, and now I'm running into like, oh, crap, I can't do that, and I have to find somebody else that's got it and say, hey, can you please export this track for me and send it back?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the use of the uninstallers as well when I do this, if I have them. But that, of course, Not everybody them. does I, it, which is sad. Right. It, and you need to have it, mm-hmm. right? And so obviously not everybody has an installer and therefore
0: not an, an uninstaller,
1: uninstaller right. right? I am a big fan of... Everybody has their own application now for installing and uninstalling things. And I'm a really big fan of when you can specify what it is that you want to install. So in other words, like- Well, we've already mentioned it, and I agree with right, you no, that- Right, right.
0: They need to only install whatever it is that you give them the permission to install. So when they don't either let you specify that or they still install something that you ask them not to install, Boo, as you would say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> boo. Yeah. Not a fan of that at no, it's all. it's terrible. Yeah.
0: And speaking of boo yeah, let's take a word from our sponsors. All right. We're back from our boo-yahing, and we're going to talk about locations that are Mac-centric. What do we got, Chris?
1: Well, this is something that can be confusing at the best of times. If you're not sure how to do this or where you find stuff, grab your pen and paper right now and, and <laughs> write this down, right? Take notes. But uh, yeah, but if you're using audio units or VSTs or, or, of course, like VST3s on Mac, it's on the main system drive in your library folder. Mm-hmm. You're going to open that, go into audio, followed by plugins. And in there, you're going to find all the the corresponding folders, where they're going to go. Now, one thing that can be confusing to people as well is the AU folder for audio units is not called AU or audio units. It's called components.
0: stupid they call it components. Come on. That's so (laughs) un-Apple.
1: It it is, right? But but that's where your AUs go. And, of course, you got your VST and VST3 things in there as well. Now, if you're a Waves user… Now, you're not really going to get to them in the same way, but there will be generally a separate folder there for your Wave Shell. That is the way that the Waves handles their, their plugins. WPAPI, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're a Pro Tools user, they do it differently because, Bastards. of course, they do. <laughs> right? You would again, you go into your main library, system library. Now, this time you're going to go into application support into Avid. Into your audio, and that's where your plugin folder lives. All right, so that that's all the stuff that, that comes like baked into to Pro Tools, and that's where all those uh-huh. installations live. Right. To make things a little bit more confusing, we have two libraries on the Mac side as well. Right. There's one right.
0: that's system level on the drive. Right. And there's also one inside the system folder on the drive, which you should just ignore altogether. Don't go in the system folder. Right. And then there's one for the user folder, which is generally hidden. So go somewhere else on the internet to Google about how to actually find that thing. And generally speaking, most plug-in manufacturers do not install stuff in the user's library folder. It's generally right. always on the drive's library folder.
1: Yeah, and the reason for that is, of course, the user folder is user-centric. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the assumption that any user on that machine will be able to access and run the plugins. Right. right? But if you have something that is... Just uniquely you, but you don't want to share with any other possible user. You can place it in your, your home folder. This is in, my
0: playpen. You don't get to use it.
1: Exactly. I paid for this one. I'm not sharing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that in itself, I think the structure of that can be really confusing and cumbersome. It can I be, think, it's especially ridiculous. if you're using like several DAWs. Yep. Right? I would very, very much favor if there was sort of like a uniform way of uh, placing things. And especially if we're dealing with presets and stuff. Mm-hmm. They get Why lost they can't all be... over the damn place. That's so ridiculous. Right.
0: You already kind of mentioned this. How often are you going through your plug-in folder?
1: Well, I do a major house cleaning once a year. Mm-hmm. Usually it's one here and there that I notice that, okay, this trial is done. I might get rid of that. Depends on how busy I am. If I'm working, the, the first thing I don't want to do is go system maintenance, right? Because right? I'm just busy working. Sure. Now, you said six months, but yep. I suspect that it's a little bit more as you go as well if you're catching up, well, if I'm
0: something. busy, I'm not doing it, sure. Right. Otherwise, yes. I'm coming up on that point where I'm about to do it in a week or two.
1: Right. There we go. It's mm-hmm. marked on the calendar with a big <laughs> X. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Plugging five. <laughs> Plugin folder maintenance day. Yeah, don't call me on this day. Right? Do you use any um,
0: kind of sorting for your plugin folders?
1: I do. I do. I'm not a power user enough to when I'm in Pro Tools that I get really neurotic there. Mm. But on the logic side, th- there's a few things that we can do, especially with the plugin manager. Yes, that I think is really handy. It is um, by
0: far and away the best method. I'm gonna agree with you on that.
1: I like that. I can't speak for Cubase or anything and they might have something different. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not sure. But I really like when they implemented that. A few things I do. I categorize stuff. Yep. Right? They come pre-categorized, like sure. you know, dynamics and distortion and blah, 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 all these things. Then of course you have a another path to go into all your third-party stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because logic comes with so many wonderful plugins. I don't necessarily like to go through the manufacturer folder every time I search for something. And this goes down to, you know, my workflow again. I don't like seeing all these long lists and things. Yep. So, if there is a plugin that I really like that I use a lot, let's say a compressor, I will place that into the dynamics folder so it, it's in that category. Right. For me, it's like things graduate to go into that. Mm-hmm. Right? And things that I use less often that they, they would stay in the manufacturer. But, but I like to do that. So I have categories for things that I've created because you don't have to stick with just the ones that Logic give you, right? Right. I've added a couple of extra there for things like consoles. I have a separate one that I use for like guitar stuff, bass stuff, mm-hmm. drums. That, that can, So I add an, a couple of other categories. I have a category for analog emulation stuff where mm. all that kind of things. Live So again, it's just one folder away when I can get into all of that. Sweet. Um, yeah, I could wax poetically why I do that, but I don't think that'd be very interesting for anybody <laughs> to hear. So what about you though? You're, you're the preset guy. So how do you go about well, any kind of Plugins aren't necessarily presets. Presets reside
0: inside plugins. Well, but uses. you like your folders. I do like them very well organized. And to that end, I do the same thing when using Logic with the plugin manager. I really dig creating specific categories for plugins that they go into those categories. I go even a step further by renaming the plugin because the plugin manager and logic will allow you to do that. And when I do that, I do it so that I give like each plugin manufacturer a little two-letter code so that I know which plugin manufacturer it is and then the name of the plugin with that code. So they sort based on their plug-in manufacturer inside the definition folder of, say, compressors or limiters or channel strips or amplifiers or whatever. I go that far, which is nuts. And it's great in logic. Logic makes it very simple. I do...
1: Sorry to interrupt you, but I have a question. So Mm -hmm. if you rename them Mm -hmm. with a sort of prefix for the manufacturer, right, like you said, why not just keep the... Manufacturer folder and go look for them. That it gets way. too wide. Okay, so you're you're sorting out certain things that you don't use. Yep. You, okay.
0: Yeah, I put everything right. into usable folders that I always will go and. If when I know I need to get a compressor, I go in the compressor folder, and then I right. get a okay. list of compressors.
1: All
0: right. Makes it simple that way for me. The problem yeah. on the Luna end of things, and I'm this is at the current time of taping this episode. So this could change in the future. Luna does not have the same ability to group your plugins and route them exactly the way you want in an order that you want. There is a user folder. You can create favorites, not quite the same thing as what the plugin manager from Logic does. And the weird thing is, is that UA's console, which when you're using universal audio stuff, they have in the console, you can turn things on and off, much like Plugin Manager from Logic. And that way in console, you can cause things to disappear and never even see them. And then it automatically sorts all of the UA plugins into whatever category they are, which is great. You can't use any third-party things in console, but in Luna, you can use third-party stuff and you can't sort them the same way that you could the Plugin Manager, which is really frustrating. Now that's at
1: the time of this taping. Hopefully that changes in the future. There are also extensions and I know other DAWs do this as well where they have like a search feature. Now, as you're inserting – Luna has that you're too. You're plugging – yeah. And you do have, you have to know what you're looking using for.
0: No. Uh, sure. Actually, I do know. And on certain projects that I'm going through right now for an upcoming situation where I'm remixing some things, I am – doing album-oriented stuff. So I'm tending to use the same groupings of console and plugins per album. And by the time I've got to the third track in the album, I'm knowing that I'm going to use this. I will type it into the search thing real quick to pull that particular plugin up real fast so I don't have to go searching for it, in a sense. That's not how I always work. I'd much rather have the organization of the folders rather than typing in the name of the plugin. Yeah. Because plugins especially if I'm going to be a little bit more random on how I go about something. I want the ability to completely go through my list, a pared down list, of course, but I want to be able to go through that list so I can make a choice just based on what jumps out at me when I look at it. That's a preference that I would like to have in Luna, but it's not there yet. That's the unfortunate reality.
1: I've seen that search function at play. I'm not sure that there would be something that I would get used to. Mm -mm. Just I, it, I'm sure it works wonders for for a lot of people. For me, I uh, I don't know is that even present in Logic? Because I'm a couple of versions behind here. Is that not? That can that you do that on Logic? No, yeah, I have no idea. Okay. I never tried searching for a specific
0: plugin on when you drop down menu. They don't have that. Luna does because their menu is part of the whole console in the Luna right. application, which is a little different. Logic right. doesn't have that.
1: When it comes to renaming. Plugins, you said there as well isn't that you do that and you have a certain convention that you do. Mm-hmm. That's something that I do as well, but I only do it if the name that the plugin has is really not that descriptive. Right. So, for example, like the um, early angle amps from Plugin Alliance mm-hmm. or, or Brainworks, instead of being called like the angle retro head, it has – serial number type of thing yeah i'm Terrible. like yeah, yeah I, so i'm never gonna remember which one that is <laughs> so with those things I, I rename those or if it's an odd name for a compressor is no this is an 1176 i'm gonna rename that to that kind of thing. so i do those as well but i don't deal with everything because the things that are already descriptive to me is that's all i need right. i'm not that anal with it and that's why I fight you on that point. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well speaking of things that we should never forget, let's move on to our variety finds. Chris, what have you got today?
1: As of this morning, I have been listening to the update 4.0 for the Steven Slate Audio's VSX mm-hmm. system. And uh, it promises more accurate emulations and more depths and all those adjectives. And the very little that I've done before we started today, I can only agree. I think it sounds wonderful. The big selling point, though, for this update is, however, that you're going to be able to use it system-wide. Ooh. What that means to people is that if you're doing using any reference tracks out of Spotify or anything, it now works at a system level. That's very, very welcome. However, I cannot try that out because here's a limit of my OS. I am a few OSs behind because, thankfully, I'm always working and I haven't <laughs> updated. So that's the limit to Catalina. You need to be at least Big Sur or higher to have that functionality. That is definitely my Friday find. It's a functionality that a lot of people have asked for. I can't take part of it right now until I, OS- until I update my OS. It's still my Friday fine for this week. So the 4.0 update to VSX. And
0: what about you? I'm going with something that will help people bloat their VST plug-in folders. And that cool. is, yeah, Spitfire <laughs> Audio, their Labs series, L-A-B-S, capital letters. They're always Great. free. And the idea behind them is to give you very usable, very cool orchestral or percussive or whatever you need in the lab series, stuff to work with. So go bloat your plug-in folders with that stuff for this time, through this week, Yeah, before and, you go clean you're it technically back out. Just,
1: yeah, before <laughs> you just – you're actually just adding one extra plugin. But I'm a big fan of the lab stuff. I like Spitfire Audio, just about everything that we do. But, but the lab series are really cool because they are free, but just like you said they're really usable right. as well yep. and they got everything from you know like you said orchestral to the most esoteric stuff but really really cool stuff so good Yes pictures.
0: sir while we've got your attention we ask that you go to insidetherecordingstudio.com and sign up for our mailing list you'll need to be on that email list in order to be eligible for future giveaways and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this incredible podcast send us an email at goldstar g-o-l-d-s-t-a-r at inside the dot com with the word plugins and you get something cool back in your inbox if you have a topic or suggestion for chris and i to explain in a future episode contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode with that i'll say see you next
1: week thank you for listening everybody have a good one jody